One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I have one of my favorite humans on today to tell you about an amazing product that we both love. Well, thank you, honey. This is Milkman Mark Hyman here telling you about the Almond Cow, which I saw on those Instagram posts, and I thought, we've got to have one of these and see whether it is actually as good as it looks. And it is. It's actually even better because there are things that you can make out of it. Almond milk, oat milk. Cashew milk. Uh, coconut milk. Anything you want, you can make in this. And what's great is you have, there are fewer preservatives, less sugar, and then what you get left over at the end is this pulp that you can make into, can make cookies or muffins, so nothing goes to waste. And it's there anytime. So if you run out of milk, you don't have to run to the store. It is so amazing. We love it, love it, love it. So if you want to get your own, check out the link and use code Lara for extra savings. Approved by the Milkman. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you ask the questions and we answer. I am joined by my amazing and fearless co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist, lit sister, love of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, that can top them I all. I know, I know, that uh, can top them all. Oh. Uh, hi everybody. Hey, Laura, I love you too. Uh, let's get uh, going. I think you let's got some get great going. Questions. Okay, this is from Sarah and Teddy. She goes by Sarah February on Instagram. Laura, I have a question for the Wednesday Q&A. I'm 5'7", but my arms are really long. I'm not kidding. From fingertip to fingertip, I have a six-foot-wide wingspan. When I'm in downward dog, it kind of feels better for me to open my arms wider than shoulder distance apart by a few inches. Is this bad for my shoulders, or is it okay to do? I saw Kristen on a recent class saying that she sometimes opens her arms wider in down dog to give her more space. But I don't know if that's something that you can do just a little bit from time to time, or is it okay to do all the time? Okay, you go ahead with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it is individual. Um, Like, I do go wider than um, maybe some other people. I don't go wide, but uh, I was just saying last week that, you know, usually when I'm setting up in quadruped, which is where I'll go to get in a down dog, I will line up 
for me, it's my middle finger kind of lines up with the outer edge of my shoulder. It just feels better. I've got broader shoulders. I've got a longer neck. I feel more open and spacious in my upper trapezius. When I go just that, it's maybe a centimeter wider. So, you know, I think if it feels better for you and you're able to really click into your scapula, I always bring it back to the scapula. Um, am I able to mobilize when I'm in down dog? Can I really find that buoyancy in my upper extremity to where I'm ready to fully weight bear? I'm ready to take off. I like to do that in a standing position. I like to be buoyant um, in the same way. So a wider stance in the lower extremities helps you do that as well. So, you know, I think it is individual. You've got longer arms, which will help you in yoga in many ways um, for a lot of postures, but listen to your body and then bring it to your scapula. You know, um, that would be something that if you're feeling unsure, you can always send us a video or a picture and, you know, we can take a look to make sure that you're not just bringing your arms wide because, you know, is it, is it, or is it just that your lats are really tight? Do you need to open up in the side body? Do you have lower back tightness that is making that feel better? You might feel like it's because of your arm length, but it might be something unrelated. So, you know, we want you to feel good in your practice and, you know, being really rigid and, oh, but Laura said to put my hands right under my shoulders. And then you come up and you're all squished up and, and not settled into your scapula because you don't have space you know, then your quote unquote wide might just be a little, a little, a little wider, you know, so it's definitely individualized. Laura, what else do you have to add to that? I, I totally agree. It's, um, we give you guidance, but these are not like ever, you know, finite particular points that you can't stray from. And we do have different body, um, makeup, whether it's a short or long waist, like you said, KB has a nice long neck. And so I agree with KB, like how, what is it doing at your scapula? And then how is it supporting the length of your spine? Um, and if that having the hands wider does that, then absolutely does, you know, do that. Um, because if you have your hands and kind of more underneath you and you go into down dog and, and it might be your arm length or, or whatever, and you're feeling congested, then your scapula can't really um, stay stable on the back and lengthen your spine, then it sounds like you already found what works for you. So we're, again, we're just giving you guide points um, that work for a majority of people, but everybody has some, some slight differences. Um, and then we, you make adjustments accordingly. So I think it's wise to listen to your body and also feel like like KB said, if you're in that slightly wider position, do you feel like you have a readiness in your body? Are you engaged? Is it helping you really engage into the scapula and then down into um, the length of the spine, but in all the muscles that surround the core container around the rib cage, um, in, in the front body, in the pelvic um, bowl itself? So it sounds like you're already doing that. So keep it up. But you, yes, as KB said, always feel free to send us a picture because picture is worth a thousand words for sure. We can see a lot more um, about the relationship. That's why when we talk about alignment, we're trying to set people up for the best alignment in, in a spectrum, but it's really, we have to look at how that alignment is 
throughout the body. You know, so we're not going to just look at your, where your wrists are or where your shoulder, but how that influences the rest of your body as well. She had a tack on to that. Another quick question. I love the classes that are longer. I think she's talking about the Lit Daily. That's our online platform. But I sometimes don't have time to do the whole thing in one go. So I'll do 35 minutes or so in the morning and then pause and do the rest of the class in the evening. I know that there wouldn't be as much of a warm-up for the second half, but are there any reasons not to do this? And do I still get the benefit of the full class if I split it up into two parts? And so I... This is a really interesting question because, you know, for me, moving when you can is number one. Like, so I, my first gut is like, yeah, do whatever you can. If you can only do 35 minutes and then you split it up. My ideal is that, you know, we have a stream which builds on the work you do earlier. So you are, everything is in a way building on this foundation of the reset and that includes sun cell one, and then we go into the sequences, and then we stream that together for kind of maximum benefit for the brain, for the neural wiring that will ultimately start to get stronger and stronger. And that's like what we say all the time. That's what actually changes how you move off the mat. You know, we're really doing the work here to move better in life. So then there's the other side that's like, oh, splitting it in half, it's kind of losing a little bit of that. Um, so, but you know, you have to be accommodating. So my, like, it's better to do that than to do nothing. It's ultimately best to do, you know, an entire class that has that. And so maybe pick a shorter class. Like we have so many filters. You can literally on those days that, you know, you can only do 35 minutes in the morning, just pick a 30 minute or shorter class because we all tend to still, when we're creating our class, have a stream even in the shortest classes. So you still will get that benefit. So that would be my compromise. Um, and maybe plan some days where you know you can do something longer and you can go and do a longer class and do it all in one thing. Um, but if you get caught up in it and are like running out of time, it's obviously better to do, do something than to do nothing. So I guess I'm giving you a lot of different answers because I want you to know the reason why there is a benefit to doing it all in one shot. And that is because of the brain, the, you know, the, the brain mapping and that um, it's like a continual thread that you're building on, building on, building on. Would you lose it if you do it in the afternoon? No, not completely, but it's maximized when you're doing it after you've, like you're in it. It's like you've, you've plugged in and then you're just concentrating it. You're like soaking the brain with this information. So um, I hope that helps you. Any comments to that? No, I totally agree. I, I love that about our filters that you can look and see. And then you can, you can also filter by intensity levels. Let's say you've only got 35 minutes, but you don't want to break a hard sweat. You know, you can do a 35 minute class that's lower intensity. If you really want to get the bang for your buck, we've got lots of high intensity 30 minute classes. So I'll be the first person to say, um, like while we were in Europe, um, and I knew I had a long day of walking, but I just wanted to get yoga in. I would do about 25 to 30 minutes. And it was, I did two sequences in a stream, a shorter reset. And um, it was slower paced because I just needed to move knowing what I had coming up. Um, I'll do the same thing before I go for a run. So I, I am, uh, you know, 
the, the reset and clearing that sun salutation one really does set you up well for moving. That being said, to your point, Laura, people used to come, we had an eight o'clock class and I knew that there were all these moms with young kids who would drop the kid off at school, come rushing in and they would maybe miss the abdominals or they'd miss, they'd, they'd almost miss the entire reset. And in some traditional yoga, they'd be like, excuse me, you can't come in. And I was like, yay for showing up because you're, you're here, you're moving. So I agree with you. We want you to move number one, but since we do have all of those options, um, you can find a 30 minute class. And then you can also, I know I do this. Sometimes I know I don't have an hour, but maybe I got 45 minutes. I'll put it on one and a half or 1.25 speed. Oh <laughs> so yeah. That's a little trick too. A little bit, yes. You know, and then I'm like, yay. And I get through it quicker. And then maybe I won't do the Shavasana and the uh, pigeon at the end. I'll just get up and go and do my little stretching while I'm in the shower or whatnot. So that's another option. Yeah. And, and to that point, for anybody who likes the class, but feel like it's moving too fast, I can't tell you the number of people who've told me that they're, they put it on a slower speed, so we're talking slower. So you can do that when you go to that little kind of, um, what is it? Looking dial like, thing. Like, like a, a dial thing. Dial. Yeah. yeah, and you just go on that, and it tell, you can adjust the speed. So great idea. There's lots, lots of wonderful um, ways that you can really specialize and make it your own, customizable, shall we say. All right, next question is, um, Delucia... Oh, no, sorry. Miriam Tabras, how did you learn and retain so much knowledge about the human body? Oh, that's, that's a, well, the learning and the retaining did not occur in PT school that much. The learning occurred in PT school, some of it. The retaining did not occur in PT school. I think, I, I'll, since I'm already hopping in, I'll, yeah, go I'll right go ahead. That. You know, this, when you're in PT school and you're learning everything, it is like a barrage of information and you're cramming and you're trying to absorb it. For me, the most learning came from experience. That is why we cannot discredit experience. There are a lot of PTs out there that are purely practicing evidence-based. They put very little stock in um, case studies and just personal experience. And I think that is unfortunate because what we see and what we do over and over again. I mean, I always at my treatment station, I would have my Netter anatomy book that I went through and I made all colorful tabs so I could immediately reference things. So as I was educating my client, I was re-educating myself. And so it is just seeing multiple bodies. It is learning patterns. It, uh, because you know we all have very similar patterns. Um, and the way we move because we're creatures of habit. It is um, exploring both in myself and then also, you know, changing up, going from being in person to now being online. I've had to flex my, my eyeball muscles and really have taken my hands out of the equation because I'm not treating in person anymore like I used to be. Um, I do plan someday to get back to that, but just work my life with COVID and, and working for lit, I am doing everything virtual, which is phenomenal. You know, so a lot of it is just Laura and I between us have so many years of experience. I learn from her. She learns from me. We learn from you guys as you ask us these questions and we start to 
you know, listening to podcasts, writing the PT corner. I'm doing research when I write that. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So, um, you know, to me, it's fun. And I think that is what makes it easy to learn and retain. Laura, what do you have to add to that? I mean, I totally agree with you. I think, first of all, we retain what we're interested in, you know, what we're passionate about. If somebody was telling me about interior decorating and they're really passionate about it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, you know what I mean? Like I would listen and I'd be like, I want to, rem-, but it wouldn't, it would, I would have to become interested. I would have to become passionate about it. Um, so I think we all have things that we are naturally drawn to learning, naturally curious. I will never, I say this with absolute 100% certainty, I will never be bored of learning about the body, the body in motion, um, the way lifestyle um, affects it. I just watched on Netflix this guy. Uh, it actually wasn't on Netflix. It was on Netflix, and then I missed it, so I caught it on Amazon. Um, he did the 50-50-50, which is 50 days of 50 Ironmans in 50 states. And it's like, that to me is, an, is crazy, but I, I'm so inspired by it because it shows the absolute depths that we are not even aware of, of the human spirit. And this is, by the way, a guy who like struggled with the 5K, you know, 10 years ago. So this is not like a natural born athlete who just came out and was kind of gifted in that way. Like he, it, it just, I'm like that to me, like other people might, that, that I just like drink in and I want to learn all about like, what is, what are the systems that work that allow you to recover after you've been putting out all this from a chemistry, biochemistry, from a functional standpoint, joint, everything. So I think number one, what you're passionate in, you're going to be, you're just going to be thirsty for. So we are both passionate about this. I talk about it all the time. Um, not so much with my family because I think they would be totally, because they're not passionate about it, right? In the same way. I talk about my brother. We'll get together and we'll t- start talking about something else. And then it always ends up being about movement or the body or some movement he'll, he's been doing. I'm always interested, like, what are you doing now for your body? And I, I can't agree enough with KB. The, the knowledge, I had an amazing physical therapy school experience, but I, uh, the knowledge that I really acquired was in the clinic. When I started seeing the, the you know, actual application of it, um, because you can learn about all these things, you know, and it just doesn't really land. You can learn them. So there, that's the other thing. There's so many kinds of knowledge. There are people that never graduated beyond high school, and they are brilliant because they have taken knowledge from something, whether it's mechanical or visual or artistic. And I think we just have things we're passionate about. And so long answer is that I, I think you retain the things that you're passionate about, and we're absolutely like thirsty for knowledge all the time. Like I want to just continue to add to my knowledge. But when we see it applied um, to various people and you see like, oh, why does posture matter? I learned all about that in school. But then I'm like actually seeing the result of not good posture and not good uh, mechanics and how it impacts people who then come to see me. And it never felt right to just give them an an exercise. You know, I'm like, let's look at this globally. So that made sense to me. And of course, that came also from my dance background and, and bodies in motion. So I think that whatever you're interested, if you're interested in learning and um, more about the body, 
Find how it is most appealing to you. And that might not be from a book. That might be from a video. That might be from watching other people. It might be from listening to our podcast or, you know, taking our teacher training just because you want more knowledge. Uh, but you will retain it in the way that it, you absorb it best. And that's going to be different for different people. So I not only read it, I apply it. I talk to other people about it. I look at videos, all of the above, uh, to just continue to, la to layer that and um, remember it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're done. That was amazing. And we love getting any kind of questions, uh, personal ones, you know, anatomy ones. So make sure that you write us with any questions at support at lityoga.com or... You can find us on Instagram. I'm at kbwilliams99 and Laura is at laura.hyman. Uh, you can DM us there. Um, and just know that nothing's off the table and we will give you our best uh, answer. And, um, you know, we love to get videos too. So if you, if you needed to take it to that next level, um, and then you can also watch us on YouTube where we do, sometimes we are demonstrating things and you can't you can't hear us. So if you're more of a visual person, kind of going back to that last question, YouTube might be um, your favorite way to watch and learn. Um, and then, yeah. And then also just getting to know us. So we want to hear from you because as always, we're pulling for you. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.